Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Hour number two on a Tuesday, getting ready for the Longhorns and the Huskies in the Alamo Bowl. Texas trying to get a ninth win and maybe trying to make a statement with that offense. What's it going to look like next year? Who's that quarterback going to be next year? All those kind of things. We'll get into that. It's Chad and Zay on a Tuesday. We hope you had a great Christmas. Longhorn basketball tonight. Men against AM Commerce. Seven o'clock start. 6.30 is the pregame. That's the last game before conference play. Texas goes to Norman on New Year's Eve. A tough way to start conference play in an environment like that. We will get into Texas basketball. More thoughts on that. The statement that was released on Friday in the Chris Beard situation. We'll get into that. Uh, dig into that at 2 o'clock. May also get our next guest thoughts on it as well. In addition to all the stuff going on in San Antonio, let's go to the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline. He is Joe Cook of Inside Texas. We usually talk to him on Mondays. No show yesterday, so uh, he was nice enough to move into today. Uh, Joe Cook of Inside Texas and On3.com. Joe, how's San Antonio treating you? It's it's pretty good. I'm in the, uh, the bowels of the Alamo Dome right now, so... I've uh, been around here before for the Army All-American game and for some high school games, and now here again for another Alamo Bowl. Uh, so far, we've been making the argument that both these teams are going to really care to be in the game, should be an interesting bowl game. Are you sensing that from both sides? I'm sure you've been around enough bowls to know maybe when teams are kind of going through the motions versus you feel that energy. Are we feeling energy from both sides? I definitely am. I think you can make an argument that maybe Washington's shown it some more. I mean, they obviously don't have any opt-outs. Their top quarterback, Michael Penix, is coming back. Um, and they, they have a lot to prove. They, they feel like they uh, were a team that are, is a, a you know, couple losses to UCLA and Arizona State from you know, maybe not being here in San Antonio, but from being uh, in, in Phoenix or you know, in, in Atlanta for – uh, a playoff game. So they feel like they have a lot of proof. I get that sense from the Longhorns too, though. You know, um, I think everybody kind of understands the, the logic behind Marvion and Bijan and Roshan making their decisions. But, um, you know, I think we've been able to note all year uh, with how Steve Sarkeesian talks about this team, with how the players themselves have talked about the team and, uh, you know, the, the success that Steve Sarkeesian has had uh, in, you know, building the culture uh, his way at Texas, that they, they do want to win this game. And I always go back to this. Um, you know, I, I, I almost made an exception for Baylor uh, because playing a game an hour and a half north of your home stadium in the 15-degree weather after a 6-6 six and six season against a service academy, you know what? I could understand why you wouldn't want to be there. In every other situation, though, you play football to win. Like, you don't go out there just be like, all right, I had three catches for – 50 yards. Good job, me. No, you want to go out there and win the game. Uh, so I, I, I have a sense that everybody here, you know, actually does want to win the game. And 
Texas would be big. It'd be a nine and four season. Uh, that's that's a lot better than eight and five. And for Washington, it'd be an eleven and two season. And that, that's you know, ten wins is great. Eleven is is awesome, and that'd be a it'd be a great springboard no matter what uh, for both these teams heading into next year with a lot of lofty expectations for both. Yeah, Joe, you're right about Baylor, man. Also losing Austin Nova side. They ain't going to have to play in that. Basically zero-degree weather. Yeah, they weren't coming <laughs> out of that win with a dub. Air Force put it on them. But let me ask you about DeAndre Moore, the Texas signee that signed late. We didn't get a chance to talk to you about him, but he decommitted from Louisville, and now he's at Texas. And you heard Steve Sarkeesian last week talking about getting another wide receiver to go along with Jontae Cook and Ryan Niblett. What does DeAndre DeAndre Moore bring to the table as a four-star? You know, that that high school class really looks like a lot of the uh, – the, those are three guys who are in the mold of what Steve Sarkeesian wants. He, you know, Steve Sarkeesian has often said that he doesn't like throwing to stationary receivers. And if, you're not, if that's going to be your philosophy, that, that somewhat eliminates, you know, 50-50 jump balls or dig routes. So you want guys who are elusive and can uh, get away from guys – uh, pretty easily, uh, you know, with crossers, short intermediate routes, and then guys who can burn. Uh, and that's what uh, all three of those guys provide, and, and more specifically. Um, you know, you can always look at star ratings, and uh, I know he's got, uh, depending on the network, he's got a good one. Uh, but you also have to look at the market. And the marketplace for uh, uh, for more, um, of course, he was a Louisville commit, and a lot of that had to do with, I think, his high school teammate, uh, Pierce Clarkson. Uh, being committed there as well. Uh, but the, the market for Moore at the very end of his recruitment was Texas and Georgia. And that tells you a little bit about him as a prospect. Um, it, it took a day uh, for him to you know, make the decision. I know we all saw that placard at, at John Bosco and uh, you know, a delay in the announcement eventually coming through. But uh, on, on Thursday night, he made the call. And uh, now Texas is a pretty quality, and Brandon Marion too, has a pretty quality wide receiver group coming in to where, you know, they may still look for help in the portal, but they may not need as much help in the portal at that wide receiver position now that Moore uh, has joined Cook and Niblet in the class. Yeah, it's big time stuff. Talking with Joe Cook inside Texas on 3.com. Remember, at Joseph Cook 89 if you're getting your follows together for the Alamo Bowl. Uh, Joe, in terms of this game, as I, when I look at the matchup, you're looking at the numbers here. Both teams not great against the pass. And obviously, with Bijan and Roshan making the decisions that they did, do you see this as a game where Steve Sarkeesian and Quinn Ewers are going to try to make a point? And that point is. We're going to throw the ball better than we have, and this is going to kind of be our identity. Maybe not, you know, permanently moving forward, but right now with what they just lost in terms of the, you know, the running backs, they're going to try to make a statement that they are a passing team, and this is going to kind of turn into a shootout. You know, here's the thing: I think it could still turn into a shootout, uh, but I'm not sure if it's going to be all on the arm of Quinn Ewers. They they really believe him in what they have in Jonathan Brooks. And while Washington is, is pretty quality when it comes to, to pass rush, I'm not sure that they've faced an offensive line or a rushing attack uh, like the Longhorns this year um, out in the, in the Pac-12. You know, they did get to avoid um, – uh, they did get to avoid USC, I believe. I think they did get to avoid Utah. Yep. Uh, I know they played Oregon, but that was a little bit of a different look uh, from that offense. So I, I don't know if it's going to be all on Quinn Ewers now – if the Russian offense for the Longhorns does have success, they are going to take those shots downfield on play-action pass. And I know that's not 
probably what every Longhorn fan wants to hear after the results of the last few games. But, hey, that's a feature in these Sarkeesian's offense, not a bug. So I don't think it's going to be a you know swing around. I don't think they're going to pass it uh, to the extent Washington does. You know, they there's a lot of faith between Kalen DeBoer, the offensive coordinator, I think his last name's Grubb, um, and then also Michael Penix to where they have faith in their passing ability. I mean, it's number one passing offense, number two uh, overall offense, I think, just behind Tennessee, and the number one team at converting third downs this year. Uh, so I think it will be a shootout. I think there will be a lot of points, uh, but I'm not sure whether it's going to be you know just a pass-happy game, at least from a Longhorns perspective. I think they'll try to have a little bit more balance and show some faith in Jonathan Brooks, even Keelan Robinson, uh, that they can, you know, carry the mantle for that rushing attack that Bijan and Roshan did for uh, the previous 12 games. You know, John, I know you were at the presser with Jalen Ford and Pete Wachowski, and Jalen Ford kind of has me nervous a little bit talking about his future. And Pete Wachowski, you know, they were joking about, you know, Horn fans, don't, it's not what the uh, answer that people want to hear when he was talking about his future on, you know, if he might declare for the draft. I don't know. Do, do you think Jalen Ford is really thinking about going to the NFL if he has a big game in the Alamo Bowl in two days? You know, I, I I think he's thinking about it, but I don't think he's thinking of that as his primary option. Um, you know, I, I don't think he's going to be all of a sudden become uh, a first or second rounder in the eyes of the uh, NFL draft advisory board just by having a you know even a ten tackle game or something like that versus Washington. Um, I I I don't have you know I haven't dug up for a lot of info on this because you know covering recruiting, covering basketball, covering that situation covering the portal, but uh, with Jalen Ford, part of me really believes it's just gathering information. You know, when you see guys, it, it, part of it kind of feels like, and I'm not one for, for cross-sport comparisons, but for the, the Dylan Bissou, uh end of last year, you know, he, he seemed to be the last one to, you know, come, officially announce that he was coming back, uh, and that was because he was going through the NBA draft process, uh, I don't think he was invited to the combine, but he was trying to do all these different things to learn what he needed to do. Now, of course, the NFL process and the NBA process is way different, but I feel like that's kind of what Jalen Ford is doing, that he's getting feedback, whether it be from people in the scouting community, the draft advisory board, who, remember, they only tell you first round, second round, or return to school. So he could even have fourth round grades by the panel of scouts that they get. Uh, but they're going to tell you return to school if you get a bunch of fourth-round grades. So um, I, mostly I feel like this is just a way of him gathering information. Uh, and, you know, even from his other comments right after that, he was talking and said, you know, why wouldn't I want to play this game? I want to play with my brothers and, uh, you know, show that, you know, I, I, I'm here for this brotherhood and for this game. So, um, and plus, if, if you're Jalen Ford, there, there's some people who uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure sponsor this show and in this station that, uh, sell a brand of car that shares a last name with him. So uh, I bet there's there's probably some NIL opportunities for him to work <laughs> to come back that may honestly and, and you know just thinking about it probably prove more lucrative than what he could do next year. Um, and so if he can do that at Texas, then man, you've got back to back seasons of you know high quality first team All Conference, third team All American play, as opposed to just a season and a half of it. Uh, and for a lot of NFL teams, that's not enough evidence. So he, I think he's just gathering his 
the most information he can, but I, I would think that the, the, the logical choice would be for him to come back and uh, whether that's the choice he makes, we'll see uh, in the coming weeks. Joe, this secondary for Texas has been a little bit of their Achilles heel all season long, even though they've gotten better as the games have gone along. And we know what this Washington offense can through can do, especially with Michael Panic throwing that ball, the South Paul. But, you know, when you got guys that are leaving like Anthony Cook, you hear Steve Sarkeesian talk about Maurice Blackwell having good practices during the uh, you know, during the break. How do you think the secondary is gonna fare against this really good pass? passing offense for the Huskies? You know, I, I really, uh, the matchup I think is worth watching most on this one is wherever, uh, whichever wide receiver gets lined up on, maybe it's the Sean Jamison or even Terrence Brooks, uh, because a lot of what uh, some of the big chunk plays for this Washington offense comes from, you know, 50-50 balls. And the three main wide receivers uh, for Washington are all six one or taller, and I think the outside guys are both six two. So you know, I feel pretty confident when you got Ryan Watts with his six three frame uh, and his long wingspan that he's going to be able to manage pretty well um, in taking care of uh, any fifty fifty balls that may go his direction. But just Sean Jamison with Terrence Brooks, I think that's definitely something you have to keep a close eye on if you're Texas. Um, I, I you know. Maybe you moved today, Barron, out there, but I don't know if you're able to uh, trust someone like Mo Blackwell enough, maybe at that Sam slash nickel spot, in order to make those plays. So that's definitely the challenge. And um, again, that's the number one third down conversion offense. Granted, they are in front of the sticks a good amount, but I have to think that a bunch of that offense comes from passing completion. So there's going to be a lot of pressure on this on this defense, uh, not just the corners, not just the nickel, but also the safeties, like you said, Anthony Cook and, and Jaron Thompson, to where uh, they got to be able to make the plays in the back end to, uh, you know, maybe keep Washington behind the sticks and make it so they got to go, you know, ten, eight, something, something, you know, third and long instead of third and manageable. Jalen Gilbo is going to play, right? Uh, I'm not exactly sure. That that's a good question. I uh, what can say for Steve Sarkeesian tomorrow. I, if I remember right, I'm not sure how much. He has participated in in the bowl practices, so uh, I honestly don't know the the right answer to that question, hmm. unfortunately. Oh. Yeah, we'll be. Uh, I'm sure he'll they'll be asked about that in the next day or so. Uh, Joe, uh, real quick, your thoughts on the Texas basketball situation? Obviously, they got a game coming up tonight. Conference coming up. Based on the release from Friday, um, from your perspective, does it feel like Texas is certain? You know, maybe leaving the door open for the possibility that Chris Beard can indeed be the coach again. Uh, you know, I mean, if, if they are, that, that statement helps. Uh, but there's just so many different things that, that not only not like Chris Del Conte, but even Jay Hartz will probably have to figure out in order to see if that's even viable uh, to bring back someone who is suspended, you know, indefinitely and, and also without pay. So, um, you know, I don't know. I don't, there may not be a rush to really get him back. I don't know that for certain, but – uh, at this point, you know, you got Rodney Terry. It looks like Rodney Terry's going to be the one, um, uh, barring any, any big changes, he's going to be the one leading this team through conference play. Uh, good thing they got one more tune-up tonight. I, I think this the A&M Commerce team may end up being the, the worst team on their schedule. So one more tune-up before uh, taking on the Sooners. So, uh, yeah, it, and, you know, you, you – 
the the statement i'm i'm not exactly sure what it does to, to the situation mm-hmm. uh but you know it's it's def- it definitely does change it a little bit because of who released it and uh you know what she says and and you know, in comparison to what was in that police report. Yeah. Uh, overall, basketball-wise, do you like what you're seeing? In the, it's limited, but do you like what you're seeing with Rodney Terry running this team? Do you feel like you see what you need to? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think with, with Rodney Terry, um, he talked uh, at the day that, you know, Chris Beard was arrested about uh, him basically having a, they call it a co-head coach role. Uh, but Rodney Terry is someone who oversees a lot of the defense. Uh, and Chris Beard oversaw a lot of the offense. So um, the defense has still been been real solid. Uh, having no complaints about that. Um, but I, I am curious what's going to start happening when you see more games, you know, as you get further and further from the Rice game, which you just wanted a, the result from that one. You didn't really care how it happened with, uh, with the event for the day. But as they get further and further into in Big 12 play, how is Rodney Terry going to be able to adjust against the gauntlet that is the Big 12 um, I, I'm curious to see that, and especially on the offensive end, um, how that uh, goes. And another thing is, you know, I, I like Dylan Mitchell's role. I know they're not putting too much on him at this point, and to you know watch him catch those lobs from uh, the dunker spot it, it has been a lot of fun. But I'm, I'm curious how teams are going to attack him, and if so, if he's going to be able to expand a little bit of what he's able to do. I think you've seen evidence of that with some developing mid-range game. Uh, he, he doesn't exactly seem like the type of player who's got the skill set to just take over games. But luckily, they have some experienced guys uh, at the guard positions in order to do that. So, um, obviously, with with Chris Beard's arrest, the season, you know, you can you don't want to change the outlook completely, but it definitely alters it. Uh, but with that in mind, you know, these first couple games of Big Twelve play after they uh, most likely handle and in commerce tonight. I think it'll be pretty telling in, in what you can expect from uh, the Longhorns maybe going forward. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what they look like tonight. How about uh, how about Thursday night? You got a prediction out there yet for Texas and Washington? I, I don't have one yet, but uh, you know we'll we'll have that on Inside Texas here probably today or tomorrow. But I, you know I don't even know what the total is. Haven't checked the books. I would take the over. I, <laughs> this is this is a team where. There's, like I keep saying, there's going to be a lot of points. There's going to be a lot of points on the board, uh, and it should be a, an entertaining Alamo Bowl, as they always are. Yeah, I think you're maybe right on that uh, on that over-under number. All right, Joe, we will let you get to the media stuff today. Thank you for making uh, time for us. That's Joe Cook, Inside Texas, on3.com, at josephcook89 on Twitter. Enjoy the media stuff, Joe, and uh, hopefully they're getting you some good media meals down there. Enjoy the game, and uh, we'll talk about it next week. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Joe. It's good. Joe Cook getting ready for Texas and Washington. I'm seeing 67 and a half Ooh. on that number. So if it was, you know, 37.30, you're almost there. 37.34 would get you there. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. We'll, uh, we'll what we see. just saw out of the Cowboys and Eagles, that would definitely get you there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I think you may need I – mean, I'd be surprised if this was, you know, 28-24 at the end. That would surprise me. I think it's more 38-34. See, we say that, but this is the second-best passing defense that Washington has seen all season. And, you know, with all this time to get back healthy for a defense 
you know, I, even without DeMarion Overshone, I think the Horns, I think they're going to surprise Washington a little bit with how good and how fast they are defensively. Because yeah. they played really well down the stretch. We saw what they did to Alabama. We saw what they did to TCU. They've had some really good defensive games. It's just about, you know, putting it all together. And I think they could surprise Washington a little bit and kind of slow them down. It's just, you know, how long can they do that? And can Texas on the other side move the ball if they're slowing that Washington offense down. Yeah, the Texas defense to me feels kind of like the Cowboys defense. There were times during the year where you thought you could really lean on it, and then there were times during the year where you thought, wait a minute, you can't really trust yeah. that group to carry a game. You're going to need other parts to to come along. So. Yeah, and I keep bringing up DeMario on Overshone because that's the big deal. Oh, yeah. Like, the man was, man was all conference this year. Yeah. Him and Jalen Ford, the way that they covered ground. Like, Demo had his best season as a Texas Longhorn, which you kind of hate it because he, he finally was figuring it out. Moving from safety to linebacker. It seemed like this year with the help of Gary Patterson and Pete Kwiatkowski's defense, he's finally figuring it out, and it showed on the field. He just played with a certain looseness and not thinking too much, just reacting. And now you you don't have that. So guys, and Jalen really, Ford doesn't have that. Jalen Ford, you no. know, I mean, if Jalen Ford, whatever season Jalen Ford put out there, I'm sure he'd tell you having zero out there probably helped him out. Hundred percent, right? For sure. So it's just a yeah, it's just a different feel. Uh, they're going to have to adjust to it. And uh, you talk about that Texas pass defense and some of the good numbers. Overall, it is still 90th in the country, supposedly. Yeah. You know the 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 overall number doesn't look good, but you're right. At times they've looked really good. So can they get after Penix? You mentioned the fact that he's going to be wearing that brace. Penix is uh, a quarterback that you usually know where he is. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not ex- not exactly a dual threat, run all over the field kind of guy. So can you get the pressure on him and really mess with that offense? Yeah, and their running backs, they're all right. You know, when they get in the red zone, they're solid. Like Cameron Davis, I think he has around – 15 or something touchdowns, but majority of them came in the red zone due to them moving the ball up the field with their passing game. And Wayne Talapapa, number 21, he's a solid back too, but at the end of the day, they want to throw that football. Yep, no doubt about it. All right, so uh, Texas and Washington coming up on Thursday. More on that, obviously, coming up. We'll get back into the Chris Beard story at 2 o'clock. In case you missed that statement on Friday, we'll try to dig through that and figure out what it means. Up next, though, a flex segment. So let's talk about a flex alum. Hudson Card is moving on. Now we know where he's going and a reason as to why he might be headed there. Don't move. It's the horn. Stood. Spat it. Coming to get you now. I can't be. You stood spider no more Cause a black widow don't got on me All right, a spider song. That's fantastic. 
Um, should I know this? I don't know it. Yeah, I'm not quite coming up with that one. There's some familiarity about it, but nah, I don't have it. Who is it? Tony Joe White. No. Yeah, I don't know who that is. I like the song. What's it called? Stud Spider. <laughs> what the hell is a stud spider? Oh, that's fantastic. I guess he's trying to create. It's like the opposite of the Black Widow. Okay. The Black Widow will get you. Tony Joe White joining Slayer and Van Morrison on the show today. Already, yeah, that's funky. Already got a nice eclectic mix for you today. We hope you're having a good Tuesday. Two days away from Texas and Washington in the Alamo Bowl. Remember, that's an 8 o'clock kick. It's on the horn. It's on Coke FM. Cowboys fans, you're playing Thursday night, too, at Tennessee and Derrick Henry, and that's a 7-15 start. That's going to be on 101.9 and AM 1260, so be sure to get those 11 plans in the box, together. Dan Quinn. Yeah. 11 in the box. Thir- what? 13 if they'll let you. Yeah. <laughs> Malik Willis. I felt bad for that brother, man. It's the Texans. He had Lovey Smith going into the locker room, just lying to his team, talking about, we're a pretty good football team. Yeah. That's how confident they were after that win that they had now in you, Nashville. Yeah, you do have to look I mean, you do have to give the Texans credit for the fight against the Cowboys and the fight against the Chiefs. It's not they like they lay playing hard. They lay down. Yeah. They're not laying down. But yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. That was a rough one for Tennessee. And what a big weekend. Couple teams right now getting exactly what they want. Jacksonville and Green Bay. They're getting everything they need, plus they're playing well. Both of them feel like they're headed to the playoffs. Obviously, they both have good quarterbacks. Um, Don't let Aaron Rodgers get in the playoffs. Yeah, I had a Cowboys fan earlier texting about, Chad, I'm not scared at all of the Bucks. Tom Brady and that team, they're all clunky. I'm scared of Aaron Rodgers getting in the yeah. playoffs, though. And I can understand that. Yeah, now Lazar, he confident. All those guys, like they, they feel good, and. You know, I know the Dolphins have lost four straight and two of them might have had a concussion in that game. But still, going up there to South Beach and handling your business on Christmas Day, they did what they had to do. And outside looking in, seven and eight, sitting at the 10 spot with the way the Seahawks looking, the way the Detroit Lions looking, Packers terrifying yeah they're on a move right now Uh, a couple other nfl notes before we get to the flex segment here you heard craig uh in the return of the week mention that the chargers are in the playoffs after last night also you've got denver firing nathaniel hackett on the other (laughs) side didn't even make it through the year you mentioned tua he is back in concussion protocol now Mm. they're not exactly sure when it might have happened but he started showing concussion symptoms yesterday as he's talking to team medical personnel and in meetings and stuff so they people find anything on social media there was a play where his head ricocheted off that turf a lot like it did when he went crazy fingers on that us bills, was that the bills the first one because the I couldn't tell you the Bengals game is when he got slung down and just laid there but the game before that i think was buffalo where he stood up and like right. stumbled around and everything so the net yeah the next game was the one where he had the crazy fingers yes that was cincinnati I that think. was cincinnati i think that was cincinnati yeah but yeah he it's scary. You shouldn't be throwing up gang signs when you're on the ground. <laughs> no. That's that's not a good look. So you got a lot of people were saying he should retire or should just give up the season when he had that second one. Now for third one, it's not looking good. No, it's rough. It, it, that was that was scary stuff. Uh, also, speaking of hanging them up, JJ Watt has announced he will do it. He uh, says he's going to retire after the season. So after this past weekend's home game against 
Tampa Bay, he announces that was his last home game. Yeah, the way they lost, I feel them. Yeah. No, the, way, <laughs> the, way, the way that they lost to the The way they're losing. And the like, way they're losing, yeah. Like they've lost five, the last five exactly the same way. Who the hell is Mick Swirly? <laughs> what the hell is that? The Mick, Penn State? Trace, dude? Yes, Trace McSorley. McSorley. <laughs> Trace <laughs> McSorley, who was at Penn State. Yes. Yo, uh, and not a shocker that Kevontae Ingram couldn't catch the ball. When they tried to pitch it to him, I know you're watching that Bucks game. Him and McSwirly, oh, yeah. just a simple pitch, just bobbles right off of Kevonte Ingram's uh, yep. shoulder pads. PTSD for me when he fumbled against TCU down here at the forty. Is like, oh, remember those days? Yeah, because you know you went to play with Lincoln Riley for one year, and now you got to the league. He still has a fumbling issue. There's a couple. Yeah, when you're watching a game and you watch it critically enough, you, you can always be happy that the team you're rooting for wins. But you also have to take into account when the other team just hands you turnovers. <laughs> and if you're a Cowboys fan today, you have to be honest with yourself about those four Eagle turnovers and how many of them were handed to you. And if you're a Bucks fan, you certainly aren't you certainly aren't bowed up walking out of that Arizona win for a lot of reasons. And one of them is that turnover right there because that was just handed to the Bucks. But then again, they've been handing turnovers to people lately too. That is a weird, weird NFC we've got uh, brewing right now. Uh, Eagles are not quite done finishing it off. If they get the win this week, they will lock down the one seed. They're hosting New Orleans. Big opportunity for the Eagles this week. We'll be talking about that as the week develops. Right now, though, let's get you the Flex segment, and we'll talk about where Hudson Card is going to end up. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. FLXATX.com for all the uh, Flex stuff. And, of course, Flex was covering Hudson Card back at Lake Travis. In fact, Snoop just dug up some some highlights that he had, footage of Hudson Card throwing, I think it was three touchdowns against Katie in a game back in the day. (sighs) He was so good. Back in 2020. Uh, And we wish Hudson Card nothing but the best in West Lafayette, Louisiana, Louisiana, West Lafayette, Indiana. He's going to Purdue. There was talk about maybe Notre Dame and other places maybe Hudson Card would fit, but uh, Purdue ends up being the place, so he's going to try to do what Drew Brees did, go from an Austin area school to Purdue and then maybe to success. No pressure, Hudson. You don't have to be that good. Yeah. Uh, but making the NFL would obviously be a, a cool thing to do. So, Zay, I was trying to figure out why Purdue, and maybe there's a lot of different reasons, but interesting, I didn't realize that their new OC is Graham Harrell. Ah. He went from West Virginia to Purdue, which is a bit of a strange move in a way, but certainly a team known for throwing the ball what do you around. Mean, did you see what Neil Brown and the Mountaineers did this year and what they got cooking up there? Well, I think maybe and it could also be what's leaving there because JT Daniels is transferring yeah. and uh, and Slovis is already gone as well. Yeah. So, and he knows Neil Brown has even close to a bad season next year. He's gone. So Grim Harrell's getting yeah, out before. Yeah, that's true. The fire blows up. So he's going to a, yeah, a newer situation. The defensive coordinator at Illinois got the head coaching job, but it's Graham Harrell uh, that's getting the uh, the OC job. So I think he wants to let 
the new coach wants to let the Purdue fans know, hey, we're still going to be throwing the ball around. Getting Graham Harrell is a great way to do that. So best of luck to Hudson Card. Uh, Purdue's got a bowl, a bowl game coming up. they got a lot of guys sitting out the bowl game, so we won't be able to tell a lot there. But next year, Hudson Card. And right now they only have, I think, two scholarship quarterbacks. So this may be a really good situation for Hudson Card to walk in there and be the favorite to go get that job. Yeah, yeah. Shout out to Hudson Card. He gave everything he had here at the University of Texas where he was battling with Casey Thompson for the spot or whether he was, you know, battling with Quinn Ewers and Quinn Ewers got injured and he came and he played well. You know, think about if Hudson Card was healthy in those games that he would have or that he played here at Texas because he had that high ankle sprain that mm-hmm. was an issue in that Texas Tech game and even in the West Virginia game, which that might have been the best game he had wearing the burnt orange. But, yeah, he's going to a conference slash division that even though it's Power 5, big-time Big Ten football, you most likely aren't going to have to see Ohio State or a Michigan or a Penn State. You might have seen one of them, depending on your schedule, but they're in, what is it, the East and West? They're of in the, the West. Big Ten? Yep, yeah, you're yeah. right. So with Purdue being in the West and all the teams I just named in the East, we saw Purdue make it to the Big Ten Championship, and, you know, they played uh, 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 Michigan pretty well, but still, you know, he he's in a good situation where he could play some big-time football and make some noise at a school school that's underrated but have had some really good players come out of there like Drew Brees yeah no it's a good point with the the power in that conference being in the east and he would get to avoid situations uh, at most he would have to play because I think they still do see if I get this right they still do nine conference games so I think it's three from the other side so I guess you could do Ohio State Michigan Yo, Michigan State in one year could we get a but, Casey Thompson Hudson Card matchup? Um, oh yeah, Casey Thompson saying Nebraska. I feel like he did. I haven't heard anything. That's about a him. good point. If he stays, then yeah, because they're in the same. They have to play. They have to year. play each other. Yes, yes. Purdue. Oh and, man, get your popcorn ready there, for that one. There it is. Purdue Nebraska does play every year. It's a good point. Hadn't man, I hadn't even thought of that one. Yeah, Matt rules over there in Lincoln now. It's a good one. It's just like the uh, story I saw today of the Wake Forest quarterback Hartman is reportedly going into the portal. Wake goes to Notre Dame next October, and they're thinking he could end up at Notre Dame. Yeah. So you may get to see that matchup right away. Once I saw that pop up, if I'm Dave Aranda, I'm flying out to wherever he lives right damn now. I'm contacting him mm. and seeing whatever they could throw him. I know he's looking for some NIL money. Hey, Chip and Joanna, can y'all help out? Because with how Novosad did us and y'all saw us get absolutely ran through in Fort Worth, we have some serious issues going down here in Waco. We need all the help we can get. Need some if, momentum. Yeah, if they could finesse Hartman, that'd be a big-time get. That would be big. We'll have to see where Hartman ends up. And he has already let it, let it be known that if he's not going to go ahead and head to the pros, that he would like a good NIL deal to you know wherever he ends up so that's uh, what schools know going in coming up at two o'clock we'll get back into the chris beard story the statement from friday from his fiance uh, about what happened and some of the things in there and what it could mean we'll get into that up next where are we at in society zay will let us know remember texas men's basketball tonight with rodney terry of course coaching the team against a&m commerce seven o'clock tip six thirty pregame you're going to hear it right here on the horn
Rolling through a Tuesday. I think I've got this one. Foreigner? That's right. There it is. Oh, wait. Head games? Head games. There it is. Ah, Foreigner. My wife would be proud of me for getting that one. Uh, Lou Graham and Foreigner, along with Tony Joe White, Slayer, and Van Morrison. Here it is. Head games. Yeah. Can't take it anymore. All right. Uh, we do have a bowl game going on right now. Late third quarter, it's 20-14, to 14, Buffalo over Georgia Southern. If you're a Longhorn fan and you want to watch that, you're obviously uh, allowed to do that. If you are somewhere near a TV and you'd also like to watch something that is uh, going to be even more satisfying, it appears that Longhorn Network is replaying this past season's Texas OU game. All right. It is 7 nothing Texas, early second quarter. I have a, a sneaky feeling that that's not going to last very long. I think it's going to get better for you, Texas fans. What a great game to go to. Dude. So much fun. Dude, I, the fact, you should never go to that game again now. I mean, that I should, don't think I will. You should just do a one and done. I mean, Texas fans will say, Zay, you better go next year because you're obviously good luck. Yeah. Only Red River game you've ever been to was 49-0. Go figure. You're a seven-touchdown advantage for (laughs) Texas walking in the door. Yeah, maybe you and your wife will have to test that out for next season, see if you guys can be the good luck charm again. I don't like the villain and his recruitment that he got. Rent Venables. He looks like a villain of any type of movie that you're in. But, yeah, he got that – what, the guy from Ditton Guy? You got the quarterback, big-time five-star quarterback plus going that, to OU, plus the, another flip, the Oregon flip. That wacky safety thing? Then he, he flipped back. Right. The guy. So he went from Notre Dame, supposed to go to Oklahoma, instead went to Oregon, yeah. didn't go to Oregon, is now back at yeah. Now back at OU. Yeah. But the ultimate flip, when he flipped the first time, I think it was technically from Notre Dame to Oregon. Right. But then people had thought Oklahoma had a good shot, and then somehow it turns back to Oklahoma. Mm, yeah. Was, villain. Yeah, you didn't want that one. Didn't like that very no, much. No, that was nah. a little little energy for uh, for those OU fans. That's right, though. That's right. They're at the end of this first signing period. We'll see what happens in uh, in February. So you got that bowl game going on. End of the third quarter, Buffalo up 20-14 to 14 on Georgia Southern. Tonight, late, is Wisconsin and Oklahoma State. Might be a decent one. Everything's ESPN today. Memphis and Utah State coming up next, and then Coastal Carolina and East Carolina. Coming up at 2 o'clock, we'll get back into the Chris Beard story. Did you read through the statement that was released by his fiance on Friday. We'll go through it, see if we can figure out what it means, uh, and get you the latest there. Up, uh, for, up, up as soon as we are done, you got uh, Ball Don't Lie, and then remember the Texas men's team against AM Commerce with Rodney Terry coaching, of course. It's tonight at 7, 6.30 pregame right here on the Horn. All right, let's go uh, where are we at in society, see what Zay's got for us. Where are we at in society today? All right, Zay, do I have something I need to look at on Twitter today or not? Yeah, man, yes. check your DMs. All right. Yeah, so the Denver Broncos got absolutely embarrassed on Christmas Day when they went up to Los Angeles and got blown out by the Rams, and they gave Baker Mayfield. They let Baker Mayfield in this third game being with the Rams already break Rams record records. He has a better passer rating in that game than – Two Super Bowl championship quarterbacks, Matt Stafford, his highest for the Rams, and also Kurt Warner. So that fifty-one fourteen uh, uh, beaten down, yeah, the Broncos gave Baker Mayfield 
that to hold over Kurt Warner and Matt Stafford. So, so you said he's got a better passer rating in an individual yes, game than they yeah, did. Yeah, wow. an individual game than they That's did crazy. D- during any one of their games for the Rams. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't the highlight for me, Chad. I love when guys argue on the sideline. It's fun to me. I, by the way, I lost my fantasy football championship oh. because, because of the Broncos. I started the Broncos defense thinking with what I saw – and Green Bay and how bad the Rams were in Green Bay, I thought, you know what? Maybe this Broncos team, who usually they're a decent defense. I mean, you yep. know, Patrick Sertan second, Simmons up in the secondary. I know they traded Chubb earlier, but I thought they would have more pride than this. Nathaniel Hackett, for me losing my championship, you deserve to be fired, my friend. <laughs> so with that being said, this happened on the sideline. Dalton Risner, uh, offensive lineman. I think he's a Risner. Risner, I'm sorry. I think he's Risner. Risner, yeah. offensive lineman for the Broncos, yeah. got into it with Brett Rippin, the backup quarterback for the Broncos, because Rippin was ripping the offensive lineman uh-huh. for not picking up Russell Wilson when he was getting sacked and not to the ground. So he was going off on the lineman saying, hey, you guys need to pick up Russell. This is BS. And, yeah, Reisner, yeah. he shoved my guy. I see that. And said, what? Do something, Brett. Who are you to come up to me? We're out here battling. You're on the sideline with a clipboard. Shut the hell up. Yeah. And it got into a little altercation where Rippin had to be – I wouldn't say held back because it was probably for his best interest, but they kind of just, somebody came and got him and took him away from, you know, all the controversy. But yeah, this isn't what you want to see. And Nathaniel Hackett, he's out of there. It's it's, It's so tough. It's like one of those things that you don't want it. It shouldn't, it shouldn't have to be said. You shouldn't have to say it out loud, right? Like if you are going through your daily life and someone observes that you're being mean to your spouse you're being disrespectful to your spouse. You should not have to hear it, but there's certain people that if you heard it from, it would really piss you off, right? Like if for certain people, if their mother told them that, it would piss them off in a different way than if just anybody told them. In this case, this is one of those cardinal rules of being an offensive lineman. When your quarterback gets sacked, help him up. I remember a story around these parts of offensive linemen not helping up a certain quarterback. We won't go into the story, but it's a big deal sometimes. Op- the optics are bad when guys are having to pick themselves up over and over again and the offensive line's not helping. But I'm guessing on the list of people you don't want to hear that from as an offensive lineman, I would see the backup quarterback That's being the on the last that list. person. Right? That might be near the bottom, if not the, the kicker, right? I don't want to hear it from the punter. No. But, uh, yeah, the backup Or any quarter. backup that's not getting reps right. or doesn't have skins on the wall. It yes. hasn't, like, really made a name for themselves. The backup know? stepping up is weird. But it also takes us to what they're dealing with right now in Denver. Who do you get to deal with that? With Russell Wilson, the disconnect between him and his locker room, and the fact that they have signed him to a ton of money, and he's there. He's not going away. They have to figure that situation out. Rippin, Reisner, whoever it is, those guys aren't helping it along. But Reisner and that offensive line better start to figure some stuff out. Yeah, but before the season, we talked about this possibly being the best division in the NFL, the AFC West. And 
I didn't expect the Broncos to be the worst team in this division. Nope. I knew the Chiefs would be where they were. I knew the uh, Chargers, they would be where they were. I know they started off slow, but it was all in the air with the Raiders and the Broncos. And the Raiders, they've had some good games and whatnot. But, man, Nathaniel Hackett, with what we've seen his first year, like – Coaches getting fired in their first year, you know it's bad. Right. Like, that's usually they give you a chance to maybe get some draft picks in there, maybe build some type of chemistry because, you know, in the NFL, with a lot of shakeup, that could be a lot on certain guys. And I to do this, to make this move, it's very telling. And what we saw on the sidelines, yeah, he just has lost complete control over that locker room. And, yeah, with how I looked this weekend in my championship game in fantasy, mm. the move had to be made. It was the right move. Yeah. It was the right move. Boy, that had to sting. It hurt. Yeah, that had to hurt. It hurt. A lot, you shouldn't a- get negative fantasy points in a game. You know what I'm saying? Like 51, okay. 51 ball. Like Cam Akers was in the doghouse with Sean McVay early in the season. Remember that? Yeah. He didn't want to play him. Cameron Akers was talking about leaving. Like, I'll, I'm cool to be in the doghouse. Put me on the trade block. Homeboy had three touchdowns. He looked like Eric Dickerson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, if they he got really him did. some goggles, I would have been confused. <laughs> what we doing oh, out there, man. Broncos? I know. I should text Christina and just be like, what happened? You know, but I don't want to ruin her day. I love Christina. There's a couple. Oh, yeah, you don't want to mess with that. (laughs) I I, I haven't said a word to her about the Broncos yet. But there are a couple of cultures right now in the NFL that, you know, have me wondering if the culture can be so bad you can take what we thought was a pretty legendary quarterback and just completely take it all away. One is that one in Denver and the other is this Indianapolis thing. Like – Forget whatever you thought Matt Ryan was. I didn't think he was this bad. I didn't think it was this horrific. And now he's being replaced by anybody they can find. Anybody they can find that played high school football in the Austin area. They're just <laughs> so. If, I'm, I'm surprised Hudson Carr didn't call them up because they've tried Sam Ellinger and they tried Nick Foles. And I mean, hey, he's right up the street. They could go pick him up, and it's like a 50 yeah. minute trip from West Lafayette to that's true that stadium. No big deal. Lucas Oil. But they, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. It's and Nick, weird, Nick Falls looked bad the last night. Or yeah, he did. He, he looked bad. I felt so bad for him because he just looked like a lost puppy. Just and you could tell he hasn't had reps in a long time. I was going to say, time. rust. <laughs> and Troy Aikman was really fair to him last night where he's like, look, Nick Falls knows how to read that play. Nick Foles hadn't had to make that pass in how no. many, how long? I mean, yeah. he, they, I thought they were pretty fair to what Nick was dealing with. And last night was... You know, congratulations to the Chargers. They did go with one of those younger coaches at times. He's gotten ripped on, but now they're up to, what is it, nine wins, and now they're in the playoffs. They're They're nine and six. They're a scary team. They're doing it without Joey Bussle, too. Like, having Mac on that other side, he causes a lot of ruckus. We saw, what, Nick, I want to say Nick Foles got sacked seven times, you know, yesterday. Yeah, it was a lot. Yeah, just stuff like that can't happen. But we we knew this was going to happen with Jeff Saturday. We knew it was going to hit the fan at the beginning of the time he got the job. They were going to play hard for a certain amount of games, and then he was just going to lose the locker room. And yes. I heard a great stat this morning. I was driving in listening to Bucky and Aaron. Aaron, Aaron Hogan threw out a crazy stat. Jeff Saturday so far has been outscored in the fourth quarter 90-9. to Fourth quarter. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. Uh, by the way, right now it would be Chargers at Bengals in the playoffs. Would you watch that game? Oh, hell yeah. Justin Herbert at Joe Burrow. That'd be pretty good. Yeah. That's good stuff. Yeah, both those guys, they're in their third year, too. 
Yeah. That's true. Chargers having to go outdoors, having to go to Cincinnati and whatever that weather would be. That'd be good stuff. Yeah, they didn't look too good. They got the win against New England, but they Joe Burrow threw some weird interceptions in that game that we haven't seen them throw all season. That was a weird-ass game. That was a weird game. They got up 22 nothing, if I'm not mistaken, and yeah, then they held gave on. gave up 18. Needed the fumble at the end. Right. Like, they needed that Stevenson fumble, otherwise they don't win the game. Yeah, Mac Jones, dirty ass. Oh, yeah. That's, that's going to be a discussion around the league, too. Matt Jones, uh, Mac Jones. It's they're looking at the video to see if his hit on Eli Apple is going to be considered a dirty hit. Is he going to get fined for you, Zay, as a football fan? That's a dirty play. Flat out dirty. Okay. Flat out dirty. What does he need to do there? Just stand up. He's got to stand up and take it. Take what? If he's going to he go, wasn't, he was out the play. My man already ran past Mac Jones. But if he's going to go for the for a right. touchdown, so what? Why are we making any contact at all? Like, what's the point? <laughs> What's yeah. the point of saying, okay, I just gave up? What was a pick? It was a pick six? I believe that's right. At that, yeah. at that moment. It wasn't a fumble recovery. I don't remember. I, think, I wasn't watching the game I like think that. technically it was a fumble recovery at the time. It ended up being called back. But right. at the time, you're right. The guy with the ball was past him. Was past the play. Eli Apple was not didn't have the ball. What quarterback, even football logic, do you say, I'm just going to go take these this guy's knees out? Like, right. that's. Mac Jones. And it ain't the first one. There's a little compilation on Twitter of about four instances where Mac Jones is just being flat out dirty. Yep. That's the rep that's building on Mac Jones. You In year two. Don't want that to happen as a quarterback. You know, it's that Saban Belichick stuff. That's what it is. <laughs> he was taught by one of them. Now he's taught by the other. Come on now. He was taught by old Spygate, Deflategate himself. Mm. Come on now. All right. Uh, coming up, it is your two o'clock hour. We'll get back into the Chris Beard story. The a uh, statement on Friday from his fiance. If you're a Longhorn fan, did you read it? Do you care? And does it change the way you think about this story? Are you starting to open your mind to the idea that Chris Beard could be your basketball coach again? We'll talk about it on the Horn.